Adventures with Words is brought to you by Audible. Try Audible for 30 days and download any Audible audiobook for free. Go to www.adventureswithwords.com forward slash audible to start your free trial. Hello and welcome to Adventures with Words, where we explore storytelling in all its forms. I'm Rob. I'm Kate. And today we're joined by Rich Chilver from Frequency Theatre, a weekly podcast of original audio plays. They can be found at frequencytheatre.co.uk and also at Frequency Plays on Twitter. Hello, Rich. Hello, thank you very much. So today we're talking about, it's our big summer movie preview, looking forward to the big film releases over the next few months. So we're going to talk about what we're looking forward to, how we think they're going to be, and if there's going to be any potential hits and misses. So the summer season probably started with Battleship, directed by Peter Berg of Hancock fame, and written by Eric Hober and John Hober, who previously wrote Red. It also stars Alexander Skarsgård, Brooklyn Decker, Liam Neeson, and Taylor Kitsch. Any thoughts on this? Not something I've seen, not something I particularly wanted to see. It's probably going to be something which feels that very macho, very silly. Um, I don't know what certificate it is, but it's probably going to be something which... I believe it's a 12A. It's a 12A. I think that tells you everything you need to hear. It's pretty harmless, pretty loud. They wouldn't dare put this in the same summer as something like Transformers. Well, it's this year's Transformers really, isn't it? Yeah. It's been described as um, Transformers in the water. And it's lots of explosions, lots of things zipping around and killing things and shooting things and that type of thing on ships. Also got Rihanna as a weapons expert. Oh, she was born to play. Absolutely. Yes, not in 3D though. That is very odd. Maybe they know that what they're making is cheap, cheerful, get people passing by. And I think it does contain a scene where they try to shoot the aliens using a grid system, (laughs) as per the original (laughs) toy which inspired the film. So I think think they've done what they they needed to do. Do they get the line in? Oh, you sunk my battleship? Yeah. I'm I have to gonna, wait and see. I'm not going to we'll, pay. We'll wait till it comes out on DVD. <laughs> yeah. Then we might find out. Great. Oh, the next one is American Reunion. It's brought back a lot of the uh, original cast, which is a big appeal behind this. And it's written and directed by the guys behind the Harold, Harold and Kumar series. 99 original. Not really sure that I've missed it that much in all those years. I think I've probably only ever seen it once or twice at most, despite the fact it's been out for so long. I mean, it was perfectly good fun the first time round. I don't think it was anything groundbreaking. I think everyone's amused by Stifler's mum, but... Yeah, it felt tired at American Wedding, mm. I felt. For me, it was always about Jim's dad. He always stole the show, but I've no real need to go and see this one. If it's on TV, that'd be fine, but... I mean, it, it could be very... Spe- I, I don't think they've gone this way, but it could have been fantastic if they actually looked at growing older and actually switching the roles. If I'm not saying that it should be uh, American Pie and they're all dads, and, you know, it's their kids and things like that, but, I mean, that, that's the only way I really could have thought this would have been interesting rather than seeing old people trying to be teenagers once more. We've, we've had those films with Wedding Crash, and I think there's that film called Hall Pass as well. I think it's kind of been done a little bit. I think a lot of people will go to see it because they've kind of grown at roughly the same rate as the characters in the film. So they'll be sort of seeing themselves in the way that the characters have changed to whatever small extent that they have. I don't get the feeling that Stifler's particularly developed in the time between the first film and now. But some of the other kids are supposed to have grown up a bit. I think one of them's supposed to be married and so on. So maybe there is a bit of progression, but it's, it's not high on my list. Well, Jim and Michelle are married third film. Right. I think it's relying a lot on just people's affection for the characters putting them in new situations so I'll happily skip that one. Same here I think. Well, now we come to uh, what's probably been the biggest hit so far uh, The Avengers, or rather Marvel Avengers Assemble, if we're going to give it its um, current UK release title. That's written and directed by Joss Whedon. It's got a whole host of stars playing all the various Avengers. You've got um, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, Tom Hiddleston as 
Lewis, Loki, Scarlett Hansen, Mark Ruffalo as Hulk, Jeremy Renner, Samuel L. Jackson, of course, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow reprising her Pepper Potts role, and really a fantastic action comic book romp from start to finish. Probably could be best described as the ultimate sequel, considering how many films are fed into this particular one. Absolutely. I mean, I enjoyed it an awful lot. I've been waiting for it to come up and uh, finally seeing it. I could have happily watched the whole film again straight away. Yeah, this is one that I've seen. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. The 3D didn't really seem to be worth it. I can't recall any scenes where 3D really popped. But other than that, I thought um, Mark Ruffalo completely stole the show as the Hulk. I've never been a particular fan of the Hulk films before, but I really wanted to see more of him. Tom Hiddleston as Loki was absolutely fantastic. A real good villain. And yeah, I think Josh Whedon really knocked it out of the park there. Yeah, I think I really enjoyed that the sort of Whedon-esque writing. You've got the, the sort of little moments of irony. There's a great sort of fanboy bit where they're discussing trading cards with Captain America on them which is a a really nice moment Um, that kind of acknowledgement that the people in the film are likely to feel the way about these heroes that the people in the cinema feel watching them on screen I thought that was really fun bit of sort of self-reflexive filmmaking and very funny as well yeah it was excellent really funny yes I'm quite quiet because I've not seen it it's a treat (laughs) yep (laughs) definitely one you want to see yeah it all sounds very good and uh, a couple of people did say right to the bitter end just in case there was an extra treat so then we've got The Dictator this is out on May 18th Sasha Baron Cohen's latest film directed by Larry Charles who worked with him previously and is also behind Curb Enthusiasm and Seinfeld also stars Sir Ben Kingsley bit of surprise there it's a scripted one this time around. It's not like Borat or Bruno, which is sort of a fly on the wall, real people in the situations. It's got some quite good reviews so far. Four stars, meant to be very offensive, but I think that's kind of what you expect from him. Any thoughts? I'm quite looking forward to this. I would quite like to see it. I wasn't a massive fan of Bruno, but I really did enjoy Borat a lot more than I expected to, actually, because I'm not always a fan of kind of offence comedy. Bruno was a very kind of confused film at mm. times. It wasn't quite sure what it was aiming at, whereas Borat was more focused. Yeah, I thought that Bruno had the potential to really explore sexuality in a way that Borat looked at outsider xenophobia, that sort of thing, and it really could have gone in that direction, but sadly, and I think maybe it could be a sign of how uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's career has developed, it turned a bit more into how many famous people can I find and put into a film, and it looked into celebrities, which is a well-trodden and not very satisfying subject area to go into, because I think it's there's not a lot to mine there, really. And I think it could also be a sign of how much more controversial talking about sexuality would be compared to just saying, look, come on, why are you so scared of people with a funny accent? Yeah, I mean, it's not just about being controversial for the sake of it, which Mm. I think that especially the the way that the detective has come about kind of says that maybe that's just what he wants for his career, whereas Bruno seemed to be something where there was a line of inquiry, something that was being asked by the whole team and they were doing it in a way that was very risky and uh, they weren't quite sure of the results and and Bruno could have been the same way but it turned into let's get people like I think Bono was in the last end sequence type thing you know these people were in on it these people were happy with it and they saw it as an opportunity to poke fun at themselves yeah so I think the dictator could go one of two ways it could be great very very funny and actually say something coherent about the way in which we view dictators war terror that sort of thing or it could be kind of going for the cheap gags and really just getting a, a cheap laugh from us. So hopefully it's the former rather than the latter. The next is Men in Black 3, which is in 3D. I'm quite excited about this one. 
quite strangely, I remember seeing the original back in 1997 and really enjoyed it. I thought it was a very unusual, fun comedy. Same director as for Barry Sonnenfeld. A lot of see Will Smith, Tony Jones are back now with Josh Brolin, who I think could possibly steal this film, and Jermaine Clement from the Black Concord. Jermaine Clement is probably the reason why I'm going to see it, actually. <laughs> He's not been in the trailers. No. So I don't quite know why they're doing that, if they're keeping him hidden, or... He's going to be the Johnny Knoxville of this film, from the last one. I'm, mm. That's the worst case yeah. scenario. Well, I've heard he's the villain, so... He is the villain, yeah. But I yeah. think this has got Josh Brolin as Tommy Lee Jones. He's going to have quite a large role in it. I've never seen Josh Brolin in comedy. I just think that it, this could be lots and lots of fun. And Emma Thompson's in this as well. I, I have high hopes for this, actually. As, as you say, I remember the first one really fondly. I thought it was just a fantastic family film that you can enjoy at any age. It's sort of some really clever jokes, but still very sort of honest and open and good fun. I thought Josh Brolin in W was just absolutely genius mm. just had that character spot on to the point where I almost found myself feeling sorry for him which is quite a feat so yeah I, I think he, should, he could be very good see I've not seen W but yeah I just think that this is something which is just going to be in a weird way for such a film with like Will Smith in it it could be a bit of a just of an unknown quantity it could really take surprise everyone it's a mm. it's a big summer with a big star attached to it and it's material which, even if they just sort of retread the steps of the last two films, which I thought the second one was very, very funny, could just produce a bit some more gold, really. Ten-year gap, though, but since the last one, do you think audiences will want to see them again? I don't think it's it's one of these things where you worry too much about what happened in the previous ones. It's not so much about character progression. So I don't necessarily think... It, I mean, it could be a problem. I don't think this film is set out to, to need to make hundreds hundreds of million dollars I think it was, it's quite satisfied in being I think the last two they look quite cheap I mean they didn't look like huge you know massive massive budgets mainly put into the acting and you look at the people they've got even though I think they've got one of the pussycat dolls in it um, but apart from that I think most of the money spent on just getting very very funny actors I suspect rather scarily it may well be attracting the people who are now parents who actually went to watch the films as uh, fairly young people when they yes, first came out it's almost like this generation's Ghostbusters yes yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. On something a little bit darker now, Prometheus, which will be available in 3D from the looks of things, uh, out on the 1st of June. That's directed by Ridley Scott, written by Damon Lindelhoff, uh, who also has got writing credits for Lost, Star Trek, and Cowboys and Aliens, which, um, from some people's point of view, is a good thing. From others, it's a very bad thing. And uh, starring uh, Numi Rapace from the uh, original Girl with the Dragon Tattoo adaptations. You've got Michael Fassbender, all also um, Shalise Theron and also Idris Elba, which I'm very pleased about, be making appearances in that. So first question, is this an alien prequel? Well, according to Damon Lindelhoff, it's not a prequel as such. The film doesn't end at the start of Alien. It is more set in the alien universe. So whether we'll see the aliens or not is a bit mm. bit of a different take, but it's certainly being advertised in that universe, the way the letters appear on the screen in the trailers. Mm. I've been trying to avoid the trailers, actually. Yeah, and I, I've managed not to see too many of them, but it, it does look very exciting. We've got this quote from Ridley Scott. Uh, the film is really tough, really nasty. It's the dark side of the moon, which, considering what the original couple of Alien films were like, makes me think I may need to take a cushion 
taken with me when I go to watch it, but I'm still very much looking forward to it. Well, it's been certified 15, mm-hmm. but at least it's not a 12A. Yes, I think a, an alien-themed movie as a 12A wouldn't really be worth it at the end of the day. I think it needs to be scary. Yeah, I'm a little bit lukewarm on this. I mean, I'm not a huge, huge fan of the Alien series, but I do think they are they are interesting. But I just, I just kind of think that is it just coming out for the sake of it, or are we actually going to discuss something? I think that. I mean, it's well documented. I mean, Alien was part of the reason a lot of people think Alien was a huge hit because, of course, that AIDS and HIV was very prevalent in the social consciousness at the time. I just hope it's got something interesting to say rather than being, let's do the little teasers, let's do the little winks and nods to what's going to happen in the future. The impression that I got was that it might be saying something about colonialism. That would be great. Just the idea of a message well we're humans what yeah whatever we can mm. go over you know go out and just sort of take what we like so i i had the impression that it was going to kind of go down that route then we've got snow white and the huntsman uh, another charlie's theron with chris hemsworth and Kristen stewart this looks like a much tougher version we've just had mirror mirror mm-hmm. which is a more comedic take on the story this one from the trailers that i've seen looks a lot more tougher lots of violence so it's a maybe from me i'm quite intrigued obviously i'm not putting off by the prospect of watching Chris Helmsworth in what is this the third or fourth film now this summer so we saw him in Cabin in the Woods and the Avengers and it'd be interesting to see Kristen Stewart try to do something other than being the damsel in distress in a vampire film hopefully she's a bit more feisty as Snow White it looks like a film that's trying to tap into the Twilight Gap that's that's trying to be a, a, a bit more actiony for teenagers type story really um, which I think will probably mean that it that should do quite well so Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter directed by Timor Bermedioff um, <laughs> of Wanted and Nightwatch fame a director who going Night, Nightwatch and Wanted had a huge sort of following for his sort of visual effects work um, was someone who was very innovative had a real distinct style was very much about the look and, and playing around with that I wouldn't imagine something like this is really a, a deep character story and is probably something which is going to be a bit more of a fun romp hugely successful novel behind it written by Seth Graham Smith and Rufus Sewell, who was in A Knight's Tale and has uh, lots of stage work, is, is involved in this film. So could be a surprise hit. I'm doubtful, really. I was kind of attracted to the, the big cardboard cutout sitting in the, the cinema. I thought this looked like good fun. I don't think it'll necessarily be anything particularly wonderful, but it might be quite amusing. I could have quite liked the idea of Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. I think you probably don't really need to go into the story particularly. It just sells on the title alone, I would have thought. If people think that sounds intriguing, they might pop in and have a watch. I'm a big fan of Rufus Sewell, actually. I think he was fantastic as the baddie in a night's tale, which actually I think is a really good fun film. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing this in a sort of rainy afternoon if there's nothing much else going on, I think. Yeah, it looks fun. It's from the writer of Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, which tells you everything you need to know, and also Mr and Mrs Smith and Sherlock Holmes, which are sort of good action yep. romps with some comedy behind it. So it tells you everything in the title, really. So, uh, The Amazing Spider-Man is out on the 6th of July, so that's going to be available in 3D as well from the looks of things, which hopefully will be quite visually interesting. It's directed by Mark Webb, who is probably best known for 500 Days of Summer. Not really a a big kind of action or or comic book name necessarily, but you've got the the kind of teenage angst uh, angle coming through there, perhaps. Some interesting writers um, you've got James Vanderbilt who wrote Zodiac Alvin Sargent who was involved in the last couple of pre 
reboot Spider-Man films. And then Steve Cloves, who's got credits for some Harry Potter films and also Wonder Boys. That's not something I know about, but I know that um, Rich does. Yeah, I mean, I think Wonder Boys is a fantastic film. I think it's got that mixture of everyone. Everyone's got everyone wants to try and do a good thing, but they don't necessarily know how to. You've got people who are dysfunctional, but you have people who are also very, very sweet and perhaps like to cause drama where it doesn't necessarily need to be. I am actually really looking forward to this one. Um, I was a little bit hesitant of the whole reboot um, idea. Apart from James Bond, I couldn't really think of a reboot that's necessarily lasted particularly long a long time but 500 days of summer is a film that i have a lot of time for i think it's an incredibly smart very well written film and i think mark webb who has an extensive background in music videos has tackled it quite well i mean there's a visual style to 500 days of summer but it constantly reaffirms character it constantly reaffirms themes and plots it never lets the style get in the way of the substance and also stars um, andrew garfield as our new spider-man I thought was absolutely fantastic in the social network. We've got Emma Stone from The Help, and then Reese fans, who is our villain for this time round, who is Dr. Kurt Connors, who will then be the lizard. So I think it's an interesting mix. I think I'm quite looking forward to it. I've never really been a big Spider-Man fan as such. I've always found the uh, for the previous three films, when he became Spider-Man, the special effects never looked particularly convincing. But I think for a 3D film, having Spider-Man where he's swinging around and you're following him through the city, I think it would look quite special, yeah. It's going to be high school as well, which I think is a big thing. They're going to. I think the idea is to basically bring Spider-Man back to that cocky one-liner type character, who maybe we didn't necessarily get all the time with Tobey Maguire because he was older and a bit a bit fed up. But just because he was a bit, oh, life's terrible. Whereas the reason behind Spider-Man, any angst he has, is, is very much tied into being a teenager and also this mystery that we have regarding his parents, where have they gone, which we never looked at in the original films. I think um, Risa fans will make a really good baddie as well. I think he's uh, hasn't been in that much um, on the big screen lately, so I'm quite looking forward to seeing him doing, a, doing an excellent comic book baddie turn. He's naturally quite a big, shouty, not, not shouty, but it's very big, obviously he's quite gangly as well i think he does quite well the sort of theatrical villain as well yeah i think visually he'll yeah. look good and i think that's something else where i think andrew garfield will look good as spider-man that he is sort of quite tall quite skinny quite, quite kind of awkward looking he would fit in as an awkward teenager but still cute so he'll still work as the as the hero and he's a brit as well which means we've got a british spider-man british batman and a british superman so then we've got Ice Age 4, Continental Drift, on the 6th of July. So it's out the same day. I'm afraid to say I've never seen an Ice Age film. It started off as quite a nice... It was a different world going pre-dinosaurs, the Ice Age films. It was a, it was a different sort of little universe and we had a different set of gags. And, and, and they are fun family films. They're very uh, an eclectic mix of characters, really. Yeah, and you've got Scrat as well. I'm a big fan of Scrat, the little kind of rodent squirrel type character who will do anything to get his acorn. Uh, to be honest, I'd watch half an hour just of him. Oh, well, I've seen those shorts, I think. Yeah, they're, so. re they're really sweet, very endearing. He's and the he does, character I'm aware of. Yeah, he does pop up during the, uh, the feature-length films as well. But I'm not sure if they necessarily needed to do a fourth one. I think perhaps this has got to the kind of wringing out the sponge stage of what more can they, what more revenue can they glean from something where really in terms of storyline, they've probably done it now. So will you go and see it? I probably won't, to be honest. 
I'll watch it if it's on at Christmas or something like that. Yeah, I think it's the same, really. It's okay, but I'm not going to be queuing up for the cinema. So, uh, here we go. <gasps> 20th of July, Dark Knight Rises. It's more than likely going to be the last one that Christopher Nolan directs. So we might see a finishing off to his Batman story. Christopher Nolan's back. We have Christian Bale, Mark Kane, And we have Anne Hathaway and Tom Hardy um, joining Catwoman and mm. Bane, respectively. I think it goes without saying... This, this is going to compete with the Avengers to be the biggest film in some. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is this is the one that a lot of people have been waiting for, again, for a long time, to see how, if at all, anything is rounded off. I think some people think it will still be sort of some bits still left hanging. Some people think this is going to be it, closed door, that's the end. But I don't. Well, having read the comics and knowing about Bane, there was a very famous plotline, Nightfall, where Bane breaks the bat, basically breaks his back. Now, where, whether this will happen, whether it will be at the start of the film, whether it will be at the end of the film, um, is all up for debate. Yeah, I'm actually a little bit concerned about this film. I, I was wondering why I'd be concerned about this. I thought, you know, the obvious thing is you think maybe so much expectations built up, you know, The Dark Knight was a huge, huge benchmark in uh, comic book films. And I mean, I've seen bits of the trailers. There are bits that concern me. There's the flying bat car, you know, the bat wing. We all expected it to be maybe a helicopter to keep in the sort of logic that all of this is is vaguely realistic. And it's not just that. I I I, I slightly hesitant about the introduction of Bane. Really, um, having a, a sort of basic knowledge of a lot of the, the plot, big plot lines in Batman. The first two films I always thought were about identity. You had a victim of a, a murder. You know, his family were murdered. And it was a matter of does he become a victim and stay that way and let fear consume him or does he sort of channel that and use that and become Batman? And the second one was about which type of hero he's going to be and, you know, which hero is Gotham needed. And then the Bane storyline, I remember, is very much about physical abuse. It's very much about him being stretched to his limits physically and not a lot about any sort of psychological aspect to it. So part of me hopes that it's not just going to be about punches and being beaten up by this huge lump of meat, really. We were actually, Rob and I were actually having a discussion recently where I said that I thought Batman was really interesting because the baddies are also all about the psychological or the mental side of evil, if you want to call it that. But in other so in other um, comic book enterprises or whatever, they're just bad. They're just evil. They just want to take over the world. But in, Ma- in Batman, there's always a reason why they are how they are. So, for example, you've got Two-Face who becomes the, the baddie that he does because of uh, the traumatic experience that he goes through, that it's mental illness mm. and madness as opposed to some kind of pure evil behind it. So I think... Batman is really interesting for that reason. I find him more interesting, for example, than someone like Superman, where it's just about good or bad. Yeah, I think that, that, I mean, it was very surprising when I heard that it was set eight years after the the last one, because it has that great ending to it where, you know, he's he's wanted, he's a wanted criminal by the end of it, because he has to take on that persona because that's what Gotham needs. And he has to make it clear that he is has the potential to kill so then people don't uh, don't take him lightly. And so it, it kind of felt like that what we're expecting was the good guy 
being sort of pushed down and down by society that is unwanted and that he's tormented and that's what we were going to explore the consequences of being that type of hero because of course like you said the superman's goody two shoes everyone likes him this you know he knows that he's adored whereas batman has to be hated that's how he works although of course leaving eight years means that they can always go back and look at some of the things that happened during that time so maybe that's how we're going to get another Batman film in the future. Moving on, probably quite a quick one, this one. Uh, G.I. Joe Retaliation out on the 3rd of August. Now, uh, that's directed by John M. Chu, who has uh, the enviable credits of having also produced Justin Bieber, Never Say Never, and Step Up 2. Although I'm reliably informed that Step Up 2 is quite good if you like that sort of thing. So, I mean, this is something that probably would never have entered my consciousness to go and watch, to be honest. You know, apparently they're fighting their mortal enemy, Cobra, but they're also forced to contend with threats from within the government. So, I mean, that seems to be a kind of common thing in films at the moment, that there's a bit of a conspiracy going on. Um, I'm, I'm going to hand over to you guys in the hope that you might know anything about G.I. Joe. No, I've never seen the original, and... Um... Being Brits, I think we were brought up on more Action Man than yeah. G.I. Joe. Mask. Mask, Mask So, I'm afraid, um, having not seen the first one, I'll skip it. Zombieland writers, though, so never know. Zombieland was good fun, yeah. so I don't know quite what they'll bring to that, but I'll catch you on TV. Then we move on to the 17th of August, which is Brave, which is Pixar's latest. Ooh. Quite looking forward to this one. It's got a slightly different twist to the usual Pixar. So we've got a female protagonist, um, the story of Merida, a Scottish um, 10th century tomboy who wants to shun her pampered life and enlist and fight with all her male peers. Emma Thompson, Julie Waters and Billy Connolly are in it. After Cars 2, hopefully Pixar will up their game on this one. Any thoughts? It's supposed to be really visually impressive. It's supposed to be very beautiful and very sort of stunning to look at. Yeah, like it has a sort of painted style to it, that it's yeah. like it's a watercolour or an oil painting. Oil painting, I should say, yeah. So that is obviously something good going for it. And people have kind of compared it to uh, the Disney film Mulan, which was sort of in there the sort of few years in between the, the big kind of Lion King type hits and then finding their form again a few years ago. I don't know how many people actually saw Mulan. I was a big fan of... Um, I haven't, no. no. Big fan of the dragon in that, as Eddie Murphy. But I really enjoyed that. I think as a girl, it was nice to see a girl sort of getting out there and doing something a bit more active rather than just being rescued. I mean, I know Princess Jasmine, I think, sort of kicks a soldier at one point or something, but it was nice to have her being a bit more ambitious. But then I did um, I did sort of get this, this quote once from uh, the guy who wrote Woof, where he basically said, in answer to my question, he wrote about boys going on adventures because girls will read about boys, but boys won't read about girls. They'll assume that it's girly, and they won't go for it, even if it's a perfectly good story. So I'm a little bit concerned that it might not get the uh, the box office it deserves. I think that Pixar fans will go see go to see Brave because it's because it's beautiful and uh, beautiful to look at and, and the story and all those point reasons you said. Mm. But I I don't think any of that will draw young boys to go drag their mums and dads to go see it. Really, especially when you've got things like GI Joe, big shouty film. Well, I mean, hopefully it will be a success, but I guess we wait and see. I think it, I think it will be a success, but just how much of a success on Pixar standards? Uh, the next one is the Bourne Legacy. I'm not a fan of the Bourne films, to be fair. I know I'm very much in the minority, but this has the same writer of all the previous Born films, Tony Gilroy, and his directing. I think he directed the last one as well. And it's the same universe, but 
no Matt Damon. It's the same universe, but sort of the parallel lines of what was happening in Matt Damon's uh, storyline, and this time with Jeremy Renner, who I quite like. Uh, I think has potential to be a Harrison Ford. Yes, he was re- he was really good in Hurt Locker, um, Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol, and also in The Avengers. I fell asleep during the first Bourne film, but I'm told that the second and third are much better. Having s- since not seen those, I'll probably give it a miss, but if I do catch up, then I'll, I'll look out for it. They are pushing it in the Bourne universe, sort of parallel lines, same characters pop up. But yeah, there is no Matt Damon, which I think will probably hurt it. Yeah, I haven't seen any of the the sort of Matt Damon Bourne films. To be honest, I'd be tempted to go and see this because it's got Jeremy Renner in it and I've, I've really enjoyed him in the things I'm in. I mean, I saw one review that d- didn't think much of uh, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol but I actually really enjoyed it and I thought it was great in that sort of very quick, very witty, uh, really good as Hawkeye. So I'd be tempted to see this even though I haven't seen the, the original three. As far as I understand, the Bourne films are the big interweaving conspiracy. And I think it all weighs down on how interesting that conspiracy is. Having not seen the original Bourne films, I don't know if seeing the other side of things... It may not make sense. sense. We shall see. Something quite interesting coming up on the 22nd of August. uh, Total Recall, a remake of the 1990 film starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. This time we've got Colin Farrell in the main role, uh, playing alongside Kate Beckinsale. Uh, This is coming from a, a Philip K. Dick story. Set in the future, you've got Quaid, who's sort of got a really boring, dead end job, and who decides to try and liven up his life by paying for new memories and then from then onwards isn't it's all quite unclear is it real is it part of these sort of exciting memories that he's had implanted he's sort of battling various kind of conspiracies and and whatnot so i'm actually quite intrigued to see how this goes i am as well i think colin farrell's probably a bit of a better actor than arnie ever is so there should be a bit more drama behind it Total Recall, the first one, was kind of good, cheesy fun, lots of iconic moments. You're never quite sure what's real, what's, what isn't. It's a good of a sort of, a, of a sci-fi action romp. So it's not in 3D, which I was a bit surprised about. Mm. Most of these big summer hits seem to be. But it should be good fun. Yeah, I mean, I rewatched In Bruges um, a few days ago, which uh, Colin Farrell just completely steals. I mean, it's, it's not sci-fi, it's set in Belgium. But it he I reminded me how good an actor it was, and basically I know that he had his sort of rise to fame with uh, I think Minority Report and the Daredevil film, and I'd kind of like I'm glad that he, he's got a big film like this to to go. I'd I'd really would like to see him in more and more things. Then rounding off on the 31st of August is The Watch, Ben Stiller, Vince Vaughn, and Richard Ayoade from the IT Crowd. Bit of a surprise there. Written by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, who previously did Pineapple Express and Superbad. It's about suburban dads forming a neighbourhood watch and then realise they stumble across an alien invasion of Earth. Now, I haven't seen the trailers. Going from that makes me sort of think a bit, a bit interested, but you never quite know what you're going to get Ben Stiller and Vince Vaughn together. Could be another dodgeball. Yeah, I mean, they're a very good combination. I mean, I find Seth Rogen quite funny on screen. Those two particular films, Pineapple and Express and Superbad, are not particularly favourites of mine. I'm, I'm a little bit worried that the whole alien invasion thing we've suddenly got sort of a an apatow getting old getting worried sort of thing mixed with attack the block which was such a huge hit it even was a hit in america i hope it's not that sort of thing i have to say what however good it is i'm not going to watch this film i have a, a, a undying hatred for ben stiller i think the only thing which i've even uh, attempted to watch 
that he's been in is uh, there's something about Mary, and even that was a stretch. It could be quite funny. I mean, it's a funny, it's a funny premise. Richard Iwade, I'm, I am a big fan. I particularly like his sort of little cameo appearances in The Mighty Boosh as uh, one of the shamans. He gets some great lines in that. He's brilliant in the IT crowd. But I just, I, you know, I'm not sure even he could persuade me to see it. I'm afraid. I feel just a bit sad. Submarine was incredible. Submarine he directed uh, was an absolutely incredible film, and I just. I'd like to see more of that, really. So do you think he's doing a moss on the big screen? I've seen a picture of him. He's got the hair. I'm a bit worried. I hope they haven't done that. Does he have big glasses? I think he might. Oh, gosh. I was a bit worried. I was a bit worried. Let's just hope he doesn't do the voice. So that's the films of the summer. Now, are there any in particular that people are looking out for afterwards? Uh, For me, the big film outside the summer is Skyfall. Mm -hmm. I'm a massive Bond fan. Quite a long gap between Quantum of Solace and Skyfall I'm deliberately trying to avoid any references there's going to be a trailer very soon I don't even want to see it I've probably already read far too much but yeah for me it's Bond all the way Sam Mendes involved this time it's got Javier Bardem and Ray Fiennes as well joining the mix It and and it looks like that they're sort of going back to trying to make a, a real drama rather than a, an action which I think is kind of what they tried to do with Casino Royale more than Quantum of Solace um really focusing on what we know of Bond as a character from the, I imagine the books as you probably know best well Mark Foster for Quantum of Solace we were promised something similar and he's obviously a sort of a top notch director in the same way that Sam Mendes is so I'm a little bit worried but um, yeah I'm hoping Skyfall will be back on form and not more Casino Royale than Quantum of Solace it's not my area of expertise I have to say but it's got Daniel Craig in it so I'm happy well there we go then so Rich any, anything you're looking out for? Yeah, there's a film which I think comes out in September. Um, it's a film called Looper. A large reason why I'm really excited about this particular film is it's a lot to do with the writer-director that's, that's, uh, that's created this one. His previous work is Brick and The Brothers Blue. The writer-director is called uh, Ryan Johnson, and this is a sci-fi film. It's a sort of a sci-fi hitman film. Um, it's a very sort of low-budget film, uh, but for that low budget, you get Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Bruce Willis, and Emily Blunt. Wow. It has an incredibly stupid premise, which was partly why I wasn't, was wavering on this, and, and but I trust, the, the, the like I said, the writer-director. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is a hitman from the present day, and he is sent people um, by mobsters back in time to him so he can kill them so that the bodies cannot be uh, discovered. So he buries the bodies in the past before they're even looked for as missing people. That's an interesting, oh, okay, a little bit silly, but yes, premise, but Bruce Willis is himself sent back in time and he has to decide whether he kills his future self and his future self has to decide whether to kill his past self. That's when it really goes a bit bizarre. But the thing with Rowan Johnson is that he has a real quirky attention to detail as well. He is someone who loves genre, who finds really interesting ways to play with it, and he's someone who is is very happy to let those small moments in 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 his films breathe and uh, i think that this one could really mine the material of sci-fi in a really interesting way that isn't so loud and shouty and and very uh, recognizable like maybe prometheus there would be sort of a, a much quieter prometheus it sounds suitably bonkers to get bombs on seats so yeah i think i'll that's one i'll be going for as well yeah, looks, I, I really like the sound of that actually now that now that you've explained it i think that you know there's definitely room for kind of quiet and more sort of quirky witty sci-fi rather than just kind of spaceships and big explosions mm. the the thing that i'm really looking forward to is uh, the release of the hobbit it's, I've 
been waiting really since the Lord of the Rings films for, for a Hobbit film. And I know it's been something that was attempted before. I mean, this hasn't been without its problems. When it started, you had uh, Guillermo del Toro involved and then he ended up pulling out due to what was what were described as uh, sort of time commitments. So um, then you had this sort of all up in the air. Was it going to continue, wasn't it? Now it's really back to being Peter Jackson's project. And I think un- under his guidance I'm, I'm pretty confident it's going to be something worth watching you've got all the all the sort of favorites back in there you've got ian mckellen as gandalf martin freeman as bilbo which i think he'll do really well i was a, a big fan of the way he did uh, the lead in the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy film and it wasn't a necessarily a great film in total but i thought he was excellent in the main role so yeah i'm really really excited and i just hope it's as good as i hope it will be yeah, I think I think we're all looking forward to that. If there's anything like the Lord of the Rings films, then I think it's going to be absolutely fantastic. So that's our summer preview. It's it looks like an interesting summer with a mixture of films. So hopefully there'll be some uh, good hits there. Thanks again to Rich Chulva from Frequency. Yep, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed listening, and see you next week. Bye bye. Ventures with Words is brought to you by Audible. Try Audible for thirty days and download any Audible audiobook for free. Go to www.adventureswithwords.com forward slash audible to start your free trial.